0: For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.
1: What's the easiest choice you can make? Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.
2: Hello, sir. Is this Tom from the Only Nation podcast? This is Tom from the Only
3: Nation podcast.
2: Well, fantastic to talk to you Tom from the Only Nation podcast.
3: Hey, it's great hearing from you, Murph. How are things going?
2: Going good, buddy. Going really good. Appreciate you uh jumping in here and joining me for an RFR conversation.
3: It is my pleasure.
2: So, we've only been trying to do this for what? Oh, I don't know, 3 months.
3: Yeah, something like that. You know, <laughs> COVID and life and everything else just kind of happens along mm-hmm. and so uh we just have to kind of keep delaying things, but better late than never, right?
2: Absolutely. Well, glad to have you here on the show, man. Look forward to talking to you uh, quite a bit. You've been an, uh, an, an excellent supporter of our show and an active uh, participant in our show by, uh, by jumping in the uh, – uh, the, the voicemails each and every week. And so we appreciate you and appreciate, uh, also you and, 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 uh, your co-host, uh, of course, Raider Homer and, uh, and Heidi welcoming on your show, uh, welcoming me hey, on you your did. show just, uh, a, a, a couple of months back. So, uh, definitely, uh, excited to get to talk to you here on our show today.
3: It's been a lot of fun and, you know, you and I have chopped it up a couple of times already, but, uh, there's just so much to talk about when it comes to Raiders,
2: absolutely there is and so let's let's jump into it i got a few questions for you first off tell us about your show uh do the the you know give it the the proper plug there but then also talk a little bit about some of the things that you're doing outside of just the only nation podcast you've got some pretty cool other projects in the raider space don't you
3: Okay, thanks so much. Uh, of course, we we're the Only Nation podcast, and I jumped on with Heidi and Raider Homer. I actually called in to their show a couple of times a little over a year ago, and and then they actually brought me on as a guest to discuss the upcoming draft, and that was back before the 2020 draft. And then right after the draft, they said, "Well, you know what? We're just going to make you a third wheel on the show." So I loved it, and I and, and I'd always debated about possibly getting into podcasting, and, and, and I couldn't think of a better way to do it. So it was excellent to do it. Now, here's the funny thing. Uh, Heidi lives in Alaska. Homer is in Central Texas, and I'm in the in the D.C. metro area. So you couldn't be, have three people further apart than we are. And you're all talking about but a
2: team we- in Vegas.
3: Exactly. Exactly. But we all make it work. You know, it, it, it works out really well. Now, here's the funny thing. And, and I teach seventh graders. So uh, when we went on to the whole COVID lockdown last year around uh, around March, I had a lot of idle time on my hands, obviously. So I've always been intrigued with Raiders history. So what I decided to do is to go back all the way to the beginning of the Raiders. I don't, don't know what prompted me to do this, but I decided to go back to the very beginning of the Raiders and said, you know, wouldn't it be nice to just put together a compilation of, of shows or segments that kind of chronicle Raiders' history year by year? So I came up with this concept of Raider Roots. And and I went ahead and started a YouTube channel called the the T three and and then the the T my middle initial is T which stands for Thomas and and I go I go by T my family and friends call me T uh, and and I go by three because I'm a third Frederick Thomas Jones the third so I'm a third uh, so T three just kind of naturally organically evolved from that so I call it the T three Raider Roots podcast. So I went ahead and started doing segments and I kind of got into it and before I knew it I had 20 different shows which which took every Raiders team year by year starting with actually starting with the year 1970 when the merger happened and then from there I went backwards and did two different shows which unveiled the entire history of Al Davis and then I started with 1960 and worked my way up. Now, once I got to 1975, school started back up and things kind of got waylaid a little bit. So um, I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, have to, I have to catch up a little bit. So i made it all the way up through 1975.
2: Excellent. So let me ask you this, and going back, and of course, you're only... You know, you're only through the, the the relatively earlier part of the glory years of the Raiders uh, before going on to win uh, three three championships. What is your favorite era of, of the Raiders? Are you, uh, are you, you know, and, and really and on the heels of that, tell us about where your fandom comes from. Give us the origin story for where, uh, where a guy from the D.C. metro area falls in love with a team in Oakland.
3: Well and here's the funny thing when it, when I talk about my favorite era it has to be the time where I finally dove in full time as a Raiders fan and that was in the year 1983 I grew up in Greensboro, North Carolina, and we were midway in between two different NFL franchises. The the, the the Washington Redskins, of course, you can't say that name anymore. It's the Washington football team. But But the Redskins were kind of the home team in the North Carolina area, but the Atlanta Falcons were about the same distance apart to the south. Now, just above Washington is Baltimore, the Baltimore Colts, and I had an affinity for the Colts. I was a Colts fan from the get-go uh, with, with family members and friends and associates. Uh, the Baltimore was my team. In fact, uh, I, I watched many a Baltimore game, went up to a couple of Baltimore uh, games up there uh, in the old Memorial Stadium. Oh, wow. and when the when the Baltimore Colts left, uh, Baltimore in 1983. The Raiders had already kind of become my second favorite team, and then when they left, I jumped all in. So in the year 1983 uh, is when I really became a full fledged Raiders fan. So I guess when you when you look about eras, that that's kind of what it was for me. Uh, they were right on the cusp of winning their second. Or their excuse me their third Super Bowl at that point, but uh, when I really jumped all in uh, was when I I, I, I called out my era.
2: Okay, so let me ask you this: so you know, we of course we're clearly a Raiders podcast, but I got it. We're also you know huge football fans, and I have a question then for you, being that you were you know young and still uh, you know early on in your fandom as is is a NFL fan. Explain what that was like as a fan when, when, when tell folks what happened when Baltimore left under the cover of night, when the freaking Mayflower trucks show up there in Baltimore in the snow and uh, you know, and, and, and Bob Ursay packs the team up and splits and you're left there uh, as a fan going, what happened to my football team?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess you could probably ask a lot of people who lived in Baltimore who felt it the sting a lot more than I did, but I can tell you that there was a lot of, there were a lot of burned jerseys in the streets and everything else, but yeah, I felt like every other fan felt, and I'm sure I felt like a lot of the fans in Oakland felt in 1981, uh, and then again uh, uh, last year. So I'm sure they felt the same way, but uh, again, th- th- this was a little bit different because the, the, the city of Baltimore supported that team wholeheartedly, and and th- there, there probably would have been a stadium deal if Ursa had just given it a chance. So um, I, to this day, I cannot pull for the Colts, and I don't care who they're playing. They could be playing the Kansas City Chiefs. I cannot pull for the Colts in any way, shape, or form. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right. Well, so, so speaking of the Raiders, so let's talk a little bit about this, this off season that we've had. Uh, What do you think so far? Kind of start off. Let's, let's go with a little bit of the, 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 the free agency period, um, which is, you know, we all got excited and kicked it off with some, some, uh, you know, pretty recognizable names for the Raiders uh, or now for the Raiders. So what, what did you think so far in the off season?
3: Well, I like that they went all in to address the defensive line. And I have gone on record many times in saying that the Raiders have neglected the defensive line for many, many years in terms of the draft. And and I'm still concerned because they brought in a lot of guys this year on one-year contracts. Now, three or four of these guys are going to have to pan out or else we'll be right back where we were at square one at the end of this coming year. So at least three or four of these guys are going to have to pan out. In addition to that, we do have an undrafted free agent which we brought in who I'm really excited about. Uh, Darius Mills, who came in from, uh, uh, not Kentucky, um, Gosh, West Virginia, I'm sorry. Uh, Darius Stills. And I'm really excited about him. I think he has a good chance of making the squad, and he's almost going to have to 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 provide some of that good young nucleus uh, for future years.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I'm with you. I love the uh, the additions up to the defensive line. I love the, the 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 Yannick Ngakwe signing. Of course, is the one that really fires us up, given uh, you know a bookend capability to our pass rush to complement Max Crosby and. Uh, excited to see what this Gus Bradley defense is going to look like. Um, so, so yeah. So speaking of the draft, you know, what did you think there? I mean, we're, here we are now, you know, a week or so out and all the, all the draft experts have given their grades. So they must all be right. Right. Like, you know, clearly the Raiders, we just, we, uh, what we, we cashed into what, like a C is that what they gave us?
3: I will tell you this when, when they made the pick, when they made the first round pick of Alex Leatherwood. The person that I was watching the draft with, I looked and nodded my head and said, oh, okay, Tom Cable made that pick. Exactly what I said. Tom Cable made that pick because, again, when you look at all of the pedigree and when you look at all of the size and the, the, the program and the blocking ability and the Outland Trophy and everything else, this is the guy that Tom Cable wanted. So when they, when they kind of put all of the draft experts to the side and said, you know, we need to plug the hole in that tackle and we're going to bring in the guy that we want, that was a Tom Cable pick. So I just shook my head and said, "You know what, Tom Cable made that pick."
2: Yeah, and then you know it was nice in the second round where they, you know everybody feels like the Raiders redeemed themselves by we by us uh, you know drafting Trayvon Merrick, which you know if those picks are flipped, you know Raider Nation probably doesn't uh, have the reaction uh, that they did. I'm, I'm going to assume that the draft grades end up higher than maybe what they were, but you know what, Tom, those guys that do the the the, the you know the draft grades. I'm not worried about what they're giving grades because they don't give grades for a living. You do. So what do you give the <laughs> Raiders in terms of a grade for the, what they've done? I give them give us the draft give, well, season. And then I'll, I want well, us the whole off season grade. So we'll give us like the second semester score, but give us like what we did for the whole year.
3: Well, in terms of a final grade right now, I'm still going to have to give them an incomplete because we, we, we haven't seen anything yet. So you can draft up one side and down the other, and you can say whatever you want. But these players have to produce that on the field. So we have to get them into camp. We have to get them on the field and see how they're going to come together, not only only as individual players, but as a team. So as a a fair grade, I have to give it an incomplete. But now if I look at the overall drafting of talent, when I look at just the talent that they brought in, uh, fairly, I, I need to give it a B. Probably solid B.
2: Hey, solid B. We could get scholarships with B's, Tom. <laughs>
3: well, the Raiders have given out scholarships for years.
2: <laughs> See Javon Walker and D'Angelo Hall, right?
3: Absolutely.
2: Yeah. So, okay, so you're right. You know, and and uh, and I appreciate you playing along, but you're you're absolutely right. You can't you can't evaluate a draft class, or frankly, even a free agency class. Uh, until you get at least a year or two or three down the road, especially when it comes to the young guys. So, you know, I think that these 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 draft grades and these premature evaluations of what teams are doing in the draft, I think it's a silly, silly thing uh, that a lot of the media puts out. And frankly, I think it's kind of a lazy uh, bit of reporting, if you ask me. But, um, but that said, with the offseason acquisitions, with the with the draft, with all the things that the Raiders have done, coaching changes, I mean, so many things are different for the raiders to be successful however you choose to define it for the raiders to be successful in 2021 tom what do they got to do what is it what is defined as, as as a good year for the raiders
3: they cannot finish lower than 10 and 7 bottom line if, if if they finish nine and eight, if they finish anything lower than ten and seven, to me that's a fail. Now ten and seven may get them into the playoffs, it may not get them into the playoffs. But if if this team can go ten and seven and then should happen to lose out and not make the playoffs, I could still call it a semi-successful year. But but again, we we got to get in the playoffs. Bottom line is we need to make the playoffs. But anything less than ten and seven is just an epic failure
2: yeah I agree with you i i'm 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 on that you know it's i think this is a make or break season for the Raiders in so many different ways. Don't you feel like it's going to be like careers are going to be defined based on the success or failure of this year?
3: I think so um now cleve Farrell, i i think obviously is going to be there in terms of judged uh, uh, and I think he solely will be judged in terms of how this team does. you know Derek Carr is always going to be judged and and I have been been kind of the rallying cry on the on the podcast that we have on the Only Nation podcast, but I think we're unified in the fact in saying that Derek Carr, any other quarterback, there's no other quarterback I know of that could put up the type of numbers that he's putting up with just such an anemic defense behind him. The fact that he's been able to accomplish as much as he has with so much so little support behind him on the defensive side is just amazing to me.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. That's a great call out there. And I forget who it was. I want to say it was it was one of the beat writers this week. It might have been Vic or one of the one of the, one of the guys. And and they they said that was, you know, it's really amazing how much criticism Derek Carr gets when he about willed that's this team to eight and eight this year. I mean, you know, there was a lot of moving parts, obviously, but when you look at, you know, he's the leader of our offense and we had a top 10 offense, and you've got to give him credit for what he was able to do, considering that. You know the, the, whether you call it, you know, all the different things that the that the defense did, and it would take me forever to list them all, from bad field position to you know giving up late points and penalties and whatnot. But like, you know, it's it really pretty impressive the the effort and uh, and the accomplishment that he was able to make. I, I hate to call eight eight an accomplishment, but don't you feel that way that like you know if it's not yeah. for Derek, like we're a four win team last last year.
3: Absolutely, and, and his number one receiver obviously was Darren Waller, his tight end. Who was his number one wideout? Well, let's take a look at it. It was a guy who was thrown on the trash heap from another team, came in, and was only a Raider for one year, and Derek Carr made him his number one receiver and, and reclamated his career.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Great call out there. And hopefully we'll see another number 15. Derek seems to like number 15s doesn't he? So we'll see uh, what we do this year with John Brown wearing number 15.
3: Well, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm anxious to see what he does, but I'm a lot more anxious to see what number 89 does. That's the one I'm looking for. I want to see Brian Edwards come out of the shadows. I want him to see I want to see him stay healthy. And I want to see him be that red zone threat that we really believe that he yes. could be when he was drafted.
2: Absolutely. Big body, strong hands, see somebody go up there and get the football and, and uh, you know, wrestle it away from defenders, man. I'm I'm absolutely with you on that, Tom. All right, so Tom, I got one more thing for you. I want to be respectful of your time and thank you again for uh, for being patient with me on the timing of this. So good to to get you in here to the fan cave tonight. Uh, I know Raider is going to enjoy hearing from you. But before we let you go, I got a, I got a little quiz for you. You want to play along with okay. a you want a quiz? You're, you're used to giving quizzes. You're not used to getting quizzes, right?
3: Absolutely, I am fair game.
2: All right, so we're going to call this the Maverick questionnaire, okay? So this okay. is okay. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna kind of gauge where your raider fandom is, okay? So Got it. first off, give me uh who is your favorite raider of all time? Otis Sistrunk. Oh nice. <laughs> Uncle Mon- <laughs> you and Uncle Mott, are you guys like best friends? We should be. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
3: And 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 can I give you my number two? Sure. George Blanda.
2: Wonderful! Wow, very cool. Now, why? Give us the why behind Otis Sistrunk and George Blanda. He uh,
3: Otis Sistrunk captivated me from the first time I saw him on Monday Night Football with the bald head smoking in, in the in, in the night sky, and 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 just seeing his his terror on the front line, his work ethic. I uh, he, just I just loved him from from the from the moment I saw him and it could have been the bald head which of course I mirror now but uh <laughs> hey you <laughs> me too well, whatever whatever the case you, you know you see a guy and you say okay yeah that's my guy so I saw him and he he was my guy and and that was that and and I fell in love with the story of George Blanda back in 1970, and of course I'm a lot older than you are, so I remember that magical run in 1970 when George Blanda uh, kind of kept pulling them out of the fire week after week after week.
2: Excellent, love it, love it. So Otis is drunk and George Blanda. All right, how Tom? Who's your least yep. favorite raider? Warren Sapp. Warren Sapp. Good one. Warren
3: Sapp. Why is that? Warren Sapp. And, and I will tell you this, uh, like it or not, Warren Sapp is the only Raider jersey I've ever burned.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Enough He's said. The only, Raider, <laughs> only
3: Raider jersey I've ever burned.
2: Um, excellent. All right. What is, your, what is your favorite Raider play?
3: My favorite Raider play is... Marcus Allen throwing a touchdown pass.
2: Throwing a touchdown pass. Not Marcus Allen running with the night, but Marcus Allen, the uh, underrated quarterback.
3: Throwing a touchdown pass.
2: Love it. Love it. All right. And what is your least favorite Raider play?
3: Oh, my least favorite Raider play, Uh, the... The the alleged non fumble versus Denver. Thank 1970s. you,
2: <laughs> thank you, thank you, Tom. All right, now expl- Okay, now listen for the younger fans out there. Listen to the to, to wise Mister Tom explain to you why you should be more pissed off about Rob Lytle's nine f- non fumble than you should be about the Tuck rule.
3: And, and, again, it's not Rob Lytle's fault. I don't I don't blame Rob Lytle, just like I don't t- blame Tom Brady for the tuck rule. But the officials did their job, as they always do, and they screwed the Raiders. And, again, they should have been in the Super Bowl that year versus the Cowboys, but they weren't. And, of course, Denver came and laid a big fat egg. Against Dallas, anyway.
2: Absolutely, it and we would have should have
3: th- been the Raiders.
2: Should have been the Raiders. We would have gotten the all time classic matchup of the Raiders versus Cowboys, which we've never seen in in, uh, in in the postseason. And wouldn't and don't you know? And we would have smoked the Cowboys. Like the Raiders were epic ba- back then. That was that they were. That would have been a back to back championship um two seasons for the Raiders just that one and the one where Tony Saragusa fell on on Rich Cannon and broke his shoulder and then went on to go whip the Giants I say those two years now granted I know the tuck rule is the most celebrated of the Raiders you know getting jobbed but really it's Rob Lytle and freaking Saragusa but more so Rob Lytle because Jack Tatum crushed Rob Lytle at the goal line. It was clearly a fumble. And then the officials went back and apologized to Madden years later and said, yeah, we messed that one up, John. Sorry, it was a fumble. Like, they even admitted it. So it's like, it's not even like where they play, you know, all, you know, cheeky with it like they do around the Immaculate Deception. Like, we know this was a blown call. There was no interpretation messed up. They straight up screwed it up, and it cost the Raiders a goddamn championship. I'm Thank you for shouting that out.
3: I can't, I can't tell you how many times they did a freeze frame. Rob Lottel goes into the line, and they freeze it right there where he fumbles the ball. It's clearly out. I mean, everybody can see it. The announcers say, oh, that's clearly a fumble. Everybody knew. Everybody knew.
2: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. This is why we're so salty as Raiders fans. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to the questionnaire. Uh, Tom, what job would you like to have with the Raiders?
3: I would love to be their sideline reporter at the games.
2: Nice. Nice. What's appealing to you about that? I would, I would, lo- lo- to lo- I would love that. to just,
3: just man the sidelines and and, and and catch all the action. Be right there on the field.
2: Excellent. Love it. Love it. All right, I got two more for you. What is your favorite Raider saying or group of words or, you know, uh, statement?
3: Uh, probably. And, and, and that there's lots of different ones, but the one that comes to my mind right now is, is one of the ones that is starting to be played a lot where Al Davis said, the greatness of the Raiders, and you get, you know, I'm getting ready to go here. Yes, sir. The greatness of the Raiders lies in its future.
2: Love it. Absolutely. I'm with you. That's one of my favorite Al quotes ever. Uh, absolutely. And especially nowadays, right on the, on the uh, just now after after moving to Las Vegas and now our first year with a full stadium, uh, absolutely our, our, our greatness is in the future. In,
3: in fact, on the Only Nation podcast, we just dropped our last episode a couple of days ago. I quoted uh, an old George Allen phrase from the old Washington Redskins, the future is now.
2: There you go. It absolutely is. Absolutely is. All right, I got one more for you. All right. Tom, you've lived a long life. You're 105 years old. But like all of us, you you got an expiration date. And so you die. You go to heaven. You'll go through the pearly gates. You'll walk in. And who do you see standing there is the Maverick. He's got his Super Bowl ring on, his pinky ring on the other hand. He's shaking his fist. He looks over at you and he points at you and calls you over. What would you want Al Davis to say to you?
3: Well, well. First of all, I would ask him if I could, if I could change my shorts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's no unintentional Tom. relief in heaven, Tom. You're safe. <laughs> okay. Have, have, having said
3: that, I would, I would, I would, <laughs> I would look at him. First of all, I would bow. And then I would have a conversation with him. And as I'm having the conversation, I would put my hand on my chin with my middle finger extended across my
2: cheek, just like he would do. so often. <laughs> Absolutely. But what does he say to you, Tom? What does he say to me? What, do you want him to, what would you like him to say? Um,
3: gosh, that, that's that knowing all the things that Al said, uh, he would. He would probably say, "At least you're not a damn chief.
2: <laughs> you chose wisely after you didn't follow Baltimore to Indianapolis, and you came to the dark side permanently, right?" <laughs> exactly. There we go. Great job, Tom. That was awesome, man. Great job. Excellent answers and. A- Appreciate you playing along there. And uh, thank you again for, for, uh, for joining me here tonight, uh, Talk a little bit of Raiders football. Before we let you go, though, uh, plug the podcast, give us another rundown of where everybody can find you, and then give us a little bit of a message to Raider Nation.
3: Well first of all, thank you so much for having me on. Bring me on anytime you want i'm I'm happy to come in and chop it up with you, but you can find us on the only Nation podcast uh, which you can find on most of you, most of your social media platforms uh Stitcher Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we usually put out an episode once a week um, and we usually record about the same time that you record the fan cave, so they they usually roll out about the same time. Um, you can also find me on YouTube. At T3 Raider Roots. So if you if you, it's it's under T3 Sports Guy, but uh, it's the T3 Raider Roots podcast, and of course they' they 're not the best in the world in terms of tech quality, but I think you'll you 'll find that there's a lot of good stories in there if you want to if you want to get up on raider 's history and and hear a lot of the uncovered things I did a lot of research uh, kind of behind the scenes, not just the events on the field but some of the stories behind the scenes and hopefully that will be uh, turned into a book at some point, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see
2: well you 're very, hum- very humble but you 're very humble but don 't sell yourself short because I think that's an excellent show and what you do that was one of well, the, that was one of the things that uh, of course i knew you know homer we, we we've known homer for a while but that was one of the things that got my attention about what you do was listening to that youtube show it's fantastic it's like a perfect thing if like you know you're on a long ride to work in the morning or whatever throw <laughs> that thing on and listen to you kind of you know go over the history uh of, of a of a year it's it's excellent so yeah please don't sell well, that show so much
3: The other thing that I'm working on right now, and I'm desperately trying, and of course if you or any of your listeners out there can help me out with this, I am working on researching to write a biography on old man Willie Brown.
2: Oh, nice.
3: So that's one thing that I'm working on. So uh, the the research is just starting. I'm delving into… His hometown, Tupelo, Mississippi. I'm delving into his time at Grambling, his time with Long Beach State, and, of course, all of his time with the Raiders.
2: Well, you know, so, I live just I'm, a few hours, not even a few. I live like, like, I don't know, probably an hour and 45 minutes from Tupelo. So if you need any, any help with, with Tupelo itself, I'll be glad to, you know, bop on down there and help you out with any research you need.
3: I just I just need stories from people who knew the man.
2: Okay, okay. Yeah cool
3: so anybody out there if you know any willy stories let me know
2: there we go i work and where can they message you at gotcha where can they message you at with stories
3: um the easiest way is to reach me on twitter uh t3 underscore sports 703 i'm on twitter probably more than i should be but there you go
2: (laughs) okay good deal Good deal. Well, Tom, thank you again for joining us uh, here tonight on uh, uh, for a little RFR, a little Raiders fan radio conversation. Been good to talk to you, my friend, and uh, have a good night and a good rest of your weekend.
3: Thank you, sir. And let me just say good evening to all of the members of the Fan Cave. Love you all. Hey! get everything you need for your next project today at menards and save big money lp smart side products are the number one brand of engineered wood siding smart side trim and siding offers long-lasting performance and delivers the warmth and beauty of traditional wood save big money today at menards and lp smart side products plus visit menards.com to view the weekly flyer and check out all
0: of our great deals happening this week
2: save big money at menards